to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you are here with us in worship today. You may have noticed the white rose uh, this past week. Edna Ramsey died. But we know as people of faith that death does not have the final word on any of our lives. And so we believe that Edna has joined the church triumphant. What a beautiful human being that we celebrate her life and the hope of resurrection. I want you to know that next week we plan to begin holding two worship services in the sanctuary. At 9 a.m. we will have our traditional service, and at 11 a.m. we will have our modern service. Both will be live streamed on our church website, so you can join us two times live on a Sunday morning uh, to join us. You could, um, and then I do want you to know that our COVID team continues to meet and to monitor the situation. There are just so many factors that are going into uh, making decisions about how to plan for the future, and we are trying to be nimble like a speedboat, but we are often like a you know, an aircraft carrier. So that's offering some challenges to us. But I also want you to know that we did finish the year strong financially, which just praise the Lord. Uh, thank you for your generosity. We have um, to finish out closing the books this month, but I'll come back to you with some more updates about that. But I want to thank you for your faithful generosity in really tough times. I know for so many that we are able to minister to folks, not just in our congregation, but people in need in our community and really around the world. Next Sunday, we're going to have a kick off a new sermon series. We're going to look at the life of Moses, look at how he trusted in certain promises in uncertain times. And if you think we're living in uncertain times, wait till you see the life of Moses. And I think we can really learn a lot from how he journeyed um, from Egypt to the wilderness and followed God and leading the people. So next week, we'll kick that off. But today is Epiphany. An epiphany is the time when the church traditionally celebrates the, the visit of the Magi to go see the baby Jesus. And we also celebrate the incarnation that God's light has shined into the world in Jesus Christ. And today, as Hunter mentioned, today is also Confirmation Sunday. when We celebrate that God has called these young people to take ownership for their faith for themselves. And so I look forward to journeying alongside them and see how God lives through them and makes an impact on the world. Well, today's text comes from a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Paul wrote many letters to churches really all over the ancient world. Paul was an observant Jew. He was actually a Pharisee. A lot of people don't know this. He's the only Pharisee where we still have letters that exist. Only Pharisee that wrote works that still come down to us that we can read. He was the student of a famous Jewish teacher. He was known as a brilliant man. Paul was once a persecutor of the early followers of Jesus until he had a transforming encounter on the road to Damascus with the risen Christ. 
And now he's gone to become a church planter and continued to become a Christian theologian. And today's text offers a look at the broad sweep of Paul's understanding of the Christian gospel. So as we kick off this new year, let us listen for the word of the Lord from Ephesians 3 verses 1 through 12. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For you, for surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you. And how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I wrote above in a few words. A reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and shares in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I'm very least of all the saints, he remembers he used to persecute the church, This grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might speak as only you can speak, that you might speak that word of revelation that you spoke to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, that you have spoken to millions of people down through the ages, Lord, that we might have the mystery revealed to us. Lord, now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Mystery. In our passage, the Apostle Paul uses the word mystery four times. In our advanced age of information and science, many of us have lost a sense of mystery. We think we know everything. And if we encounter a question we can't answer, we're sure that we can find somebody who can answer it. But what if the world is more mysterious than we realize? I recently came across a book titled, The Hidden Half, The Unseen Forces That Influence Everything. The opening chapter begins with an epigraph attributed to Mark Twain. It reads, it ain't what you know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. (laughs) We need to acknowledge and honor the mystery around us. This book opens up with a phenomenon that has stumped scientists. Back in the 1990s, the strangest thing occurred in a German aquarium. One day, out of nowhere, a specific kind of crayfish began spontaneously reproducing. The interesting thing was, there were only females in the tank. There were 
no males. Out of nowhere, the crayfish begin laying eggs. These eggs begin hatching without being fertilized. The phenomenon seemed impossible. This had never been observed in crayfish before. None of the roughly 15,000 15,000 other species of decapods was known to do this. It was a mystery. The mystery only grew when scientists began studying these crayfish. They took these genetically identical crayfish and put them under identical lab-controlled conditions. They had the same water temperature. They all ate the same food and the same amount of food. And even the same person examined them on every occasion. The scientists were trying to resolve whether nature or nurture was more impactful. (laughs) Now, even though they were identically the same genetically and raised in the same environment, the results were astonishing. Individual crayfish were different from other crayfish even though they were identical genetically and were raised in the same environment. In fact, in a 2008 research paper, one crayfish grew to be 20 times as big as the others. Those who are worshiping online get the privilege of seeing that picture. (laughs) There were other differences too. Some were social, some were introverts. Some had different markings, and they all had varying lifespans, often drastically. They were identical genetically, and they were raised in identical environments. How can they be so different individually? That's what the scientist asks. Still to this day, it's a mystery. That's just the opening pages of a book that extends over 300 pages with similar anecdotes across many different forms and areas of human knowledge. When it comes to these crayfish, It seems that in the nature versus nurture debate, there seems to be some mysterious third factor. We just don't know what it is. It reminds me of this young man who brought home a less than stellar report card home. His father was looking over his son's shoulders and he saw just a column of D's, F's, D's, F's. The father asked his son, trying to hold back his anger, Son, what happened? The son turns up and looks at his father and says, I don't know, Dad, what do you think? Nature or nurture? (laughs) Friends, we have been born into a mysterious world. We would do well to acknowledge and honor the mystery that is around us. And this is the exact point Paul is trying to make to his readers. You have been born and brought into a world full of mystery. In our brief passage, Paul uses the Greek word for mystery four times, mysterion. He borrows it from the surrounding Greek culture. It was originally a military term used for the plans drawn up by the royal family that were kept secret from the generals. Only when the battle was to begin was the mystery revealed to the generals. See, the mystery is what you don't know until it's been revealed to you. Mysteries can be right in front of your nose and you don't even notice them. But that can all change in a second. 
Do you remember magic eye puzzles? For folks my age and maybe a little older, a number of years ago they were in every mall in America. You'd be walking to Foot Locker and then run into a crowd of people standing looking at this like um, a grainy, looked like a, a, a blurry television. And they were staring at it like zombies, just staring. And I would stop and look and all I could see was fuzz for hours. And then eventually some little kid would walk by, stop, and then condescendingly whisper, it's a sailboat. <laughs> See, everything changes when someone reveals the mystery to you. Paul is saying what was mysterious, mysterious has now been revealed to you if you have the eyes to see it. Paul writes in verse 5, In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind. For, for generations, there was a grand mystery that humans did not know about. At least most humans didn't. God created the world. and God was committed to the world. God established a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. God remained committed to them. And God said, I will bless you so that you may bless others, so you may bless the nations. But this was a mystery for most of the world. Many, if not most folks, down through the ages, didn't know of God's commitment to the world. They worshipped their gods of their imagination. They created myths and legends. The truth remained a mystery. Now, maybe you're asking the question I'm asking. Why would God have done it this way? I think it's because God is a good storyteller. And every good storyteller knows how to use mystery to draw people in. For example, take a filmmaker's use of the MacGuffin. A MacGuffin is defined as, a quote, an object, event, or character in a film or story that serves to set and keep the plot in motion despite usually lacking intrinsic importance. It could be a watch. It could be a man on a train. It could be a package or a briefcase where you don't know what's inside. In an interview in 1966, the French New Wave Film director Francois Truffaut asked the English director Albert Hitchcock to explain the term MacGuffin. Hitchcock illustrated what a MacGuffin is by saying, It might be a Scottish name taken from a story about two men on a train. One man says, What's that package up there in the baggage rack? The other answers, Oh, that's a MacGuffin. The first one asks, What's a MacGuffin? Well, the other man says, it's an apparatus for trapping lions in the Scottish Highlands. The first man says, but there are no, no, but there are no lions in the Scottish Highlands. And the other answers, well then, that's no MacGuffin. Hitchcock says, so you see, a MacGuffin is nothing at all. It's used to heighten the mystery, to draw the audience in, to lure them in. Now, I know some of you are thinking that a MacGuffin is still mysterious to you. And now you're going to go and research it. That is a good MacGuffin. God doesn't come right out and explain the mystery right away. We have to search for it. We have to look for it. 
Paul writes, this is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you. And how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. Paul says, God revealed the mystery to him. You see, Paul used to persecute the early church. But God stepped in his way on his road to Damascus and changed his life. The risen Christ speaks to him and changes Paul's life. Paul goes from persecuting the early church to becoming one of them. He actually goes from persecutor to the persecuted. Why? Because he was open to the mystery that God had a vision bigger than just him but for the entire world. We have to open ourselves to the mystery God wants to reveal to us. What was mysterious is no longer so, Paul writes. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and shares in the promise in Christ Jesus Through the gospel. The hidden mystery that was made to Abraham and his descendants is now an open secret. That's the good news revealed in Jesus Christ. It's no longer mysterious anymore. Swiss theologian Karl Barth explains it this way. The electing God is not an unknown X. He is a God whose very being already in eternity, is determined and defined by what he reveals himself to be in Jesus Christ, namely, a God of love and mercy towards the whole human race. Now that's some theology 201 for you. (laughs) But we are shares in the promise originally made to Abraham and is now revealed to the whole human race. This is the grand promise made in Jesus Christ. Let me explain to you why the promise made in Jesus Christ is so grand. We all make promises of one kind or another. You make promises at work. I'll send you that email once we get off our Zoom call. You make promises to your kids. I promise you I will pick you up after soccer practice. For those who are married, you made a promise. I will be your spouse for richer or or poorer through sickness and in health. We all make promises. But eventually we let people down. We let people down and others let us down. We all will eventually fail to keep our promises. Even the greatest of promise keepers will find their promises come to an end. Why? Because we all will die. This is why in marital vows... We say, I will be your husband for richer or poorer through sickness and in health as long as we both shall live. Because we understand people can't keep their promises once they're dead. But who is the only person to have defeated death? Jesus Christ, who as the creed says, was crucified, dead and buried, and was raised on the third day. Jesus is really the only one who can keep his promises because he beat death in resurrection. Jesus Christ 
Life has triumphed over death. And this is the great promise Paul says that we now are shares in. It's no longer a mystery. It's been revealed in Jesus Christ. And today we are and have commissioned our confirmands. They're about to undergo a process where they're going to learn about this promise and how it impacts their lives because it changes everything. Changes our friendships. Gives us a sense of hope and comfort in difficult times. Helps us reach out and serve the vulnerable. It brings peace and reconciliation to conflict. There will be many mysteries and we would do well to acknowledge and honor the mysteries of life. But let us not confuse ourselves. We have been revealed a grand promise in Jesus Christ. So as the confirmands study the Apostles' Creed, they will discover that the creed points us to what is revealed and what remains mysterious. It points to what is revealed and then kind of boundaries off what is to remain mysterious. What is revealed? God has created the world. Well, how could God create something from nothing? That is a mystery. God became human in Jesus. That's revealed. Wait a second. Gods don't get smaller. They stay big. That is a mystery. Revealed. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Hey, wait a second. I've never seen a resurrection before. Well, that is a mystery. God is eventually going to make all things right, that's revealed. But there's so much evil and trouble and woe in the world. How can this be? That is a mystery. And it's our job to walk by faith to work for a world that God wants to bring about. See, the creed tells us what the foundation of the church is, but it boundaries the mystery. Shows us where to honor it. We would do well to hold on to the good news that has been revealed and then honor the mystery. Because you never know how God might use you to reveal this grand mystery to someone else. In the 1990s, a significant number of female singer-songwriters came to prominence. People like Natalie Merchant, Jewel, Alanis Morissette, and Sarah McLachlan. The songs on Sarah McLachlan's record surfacing were seemingly ubiquitous at the time. You turned on the radio and you were going to hear Sarah McLachlan. And her song, Building a Mystery, was the lead single. It was a beautiful statement about the mystery every human being lives in and has living in them and how to honor the mystery in others and asking others to honor the mystery in you. Well, a number of years ago, I heard Daryl McDaniels tell a story of how Sarah McLachlan saved his life. If you don't know, Daryl is a rapper in the legendary hip-hop group Run DMC. He's the DMC. <laughs> and Daryl tells the story of he was riding in a cab in Japan. And he was struggling significantly with depression and suicidal ideation. He was wrestling with the depths of despair in his life. And there, sitting in the back of the cab, Sarah McLachlan's song, Angel, comes on the radio. And he said for the next several weeks, that is the only song, the only music he could listen to. 
said he did it for weeks, but as he listened to it, it held the depression and suicidal ideation at bay. And you can see him on the moth, you can read his memoir. He says, Sarah McLaughlin saved my life. <laughs> How the music of Sarah McLaughlin could save the life of rapper Daryl McDaniels, it's a mystery to me. But it happened. Mysteries are happening all the time. How all of this came together, no one could have predicted. It is a mystery. Let us honor the mystery around us, but let us trust in the God who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. God has revealed his love for us and for the entire world in Christ. Now God desires to use us to share that mystery and word and deed to a world desperately in need. Friends, let's build on a mystery. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the mystery revealed in Jesus Christ that we can know, we can hope, and put our faith in, in life and in death. Or may we share it word and deed with the world desperately in need. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.